have a clear mind. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon me at this time, that the Holy Spirit would help me, guide me to say the things, Father, that you would have me to say. Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning to be able to hear from you. And Lord, I, I don't know what everybody's going through in this room. I don't know what everybody needs to hear, but I know you do. And I know that you can use your word to be a blessing to us. And Father, I pray you do that this morning. We love you. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Alright, well we're there in Psalm 1. And if you remember last week we started a, a new series entitled Five Keys to Unlocking uh, God's Blessings on Your Life. And if you missed the introductory, uh, the, the introductory sermon last week, uh, I don't want you to, to you know, think like, oh man, you know, I'm not going to understand what's going on. Uh, whenever we preach a series at Verity Baptist Church, even when we preach through the books of the Bible, uh, we always uh, try to on purpose make every sermon stand on its own. What that means is that you can jump in at any time and it, you know, it's not going to be like we're going to do a lot of review in regards to last week. We may mention a few things in regards to last week, but if you did, if you weren't here last week and you missed that introductory sermon, I would uh, challenge you or I would, I would uh, you know, uh, try to encourage you to go on our website, VerityBaptist.com, and if you click on the, on the button that says preaching, you will find all the messages that we preach here at Verity Baptist Church, and you'll see the sermon entitled, Five Keys to Unlocking God's Blessing. Introduction. I'd like to encourage you, if you weren't here for that sermon, or maybe you were here and you just thought, man, I need to hear that again, or there's something said that I didn't, uh, I didn't get and I wanted to write that down. Or maybe you know somebody who that sermon would be an encouragement to. I would just challenge you, encourage you to uh, let them know that that's on our website. You can listen to that. And it's kind of meant to... You know, lay the foundation in regards to what prosperity is and what God's blessing is because we want to make sure that what we're preaching and teaching is straight out of the Bible. Now, this morning, we're going to begin with the first key. There's five keys to unlocking God's blessings. There are five keys we're going to look at in, in this series. This morning, we're going to look at the first key in regards to unlocking God's blessings on your life. But like I said, I'd encourage you to go ahead and uh, listen to that sermon if you didn't get a chance to do so. Now, in Psalm 1, uh, we find a very interesting promise from God. If you look at verse, it's a very short chapter, but if you look at verse 1 again, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. Now notice verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So he says, look, God says, I'm gonna, I, I want to make you like this tree. That is connected to a source that's going to nourish it, that's going to strengthen it. Now you got to remember that, you got to understand that, because we're going to connect that back at the end of the sermon. But he says, I want to make you like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth... Now notice the promises that God gives us here. He says, that bringeth forth His fruit in His season. So the first thing He says, I'm going to make sure that you can produce. And you know, in our lives, in my life, and in your life, God has given you something to do. God has given you a task. I don't know what that is. For me, it's the pastor of Verity Baptist Church. You may be a mother here, and God has called you to, to, to mother your children and love your children and raise your children. You may be a father, and your job is to rear your kids. You may be the spiritual leader of your own. You may be running a business. I don't know what God has for you, but I know this. God wants you to be productive. Amen. And God wants you to produce something with your life. And God wants you to get to the end of your life, being able to say, I've made an impact, and I've made... Uh, there's something that I did that I accomplished in my life. And God says, I want to make sure that what your hand uh, doeth, He said that, you, that you, it'll be blessed and it'll prosper. He said, I want to make sure you produce. He said, you're going to bring forth His fruit in His season. He says, you're going to produce. But notice, 
His leaf also shall not wither. So he says, I'm going to make you produce. He said, but then I'm going to preserve what you produce. He said, his leaf also shall not wither. Now notice this, and here's what we all want. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The word prosper means to succeed or to be successful. And in every area of our lives, I believe that we all want to succeed. We all want God's blessing. Nobody goes to the altar on their wedding day and gives vows of marriage thinking, this marriage is going to end in three years. I mean, who gets married thinking that? We all want our marriages to be successful. We all, you know, you have a child and you've got goals and you've got dreams and you've got a vision for that child. And you think, you know, and, and we want to make sure we raise them right. Or you start a business or you start a career or you start a job or you just start walking with God and get on this Christian walk. And, and we all want to be successful. We all want to succeed. We all want God to be able to come alongside with us and prosper us. Now, if you remember from last week, God's prosperity does not mean that your life is necessarily going to be pleasurable or pleasing or comfortable. It doesn't mean you're going to be rich. It doesn't mean you're not going to go through trials. It doesn't mean you're going to go through uh, tribulations and struggles. We covered that last week. And again, I'd encourage you, if you didn't listen to that, you know, go back and listen to it. Not because I think it's a great sermon, but I think the truth, we need to understand, you can have God's blessing on your life, like Joseph, and be in prison, or be enslaved, or be in a situation in life that you don't like. But we all want God's blessing. Now here's what happened. God gives us this promise of His blessing. Now I'd like you to keep your finger there in Psalm 1. Because that's the text for this morning. But I'd like you to go with me to Joshua. Chapter number 1. Joshua. Uh, cl- uh, closer to the book of Genesis. You've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And then the sixth book is the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter number 1. Keep your finger in Psalm 1. That's the text for this morning. So if you want to put your bulletin there. A ribbon there. A bookmark. That'd be great. But if you go with me to Joshua. Joshua chapter number 1. Joshua chapter number 1, and you'll find a very similar passage in Joshua chapter number 1 to Psalm 1. Joshua chapter 1, and if you look at verse number 7, Joshua chapter number 1 and verse number 7, the Bible says, Only be thou strong and very courageous. Now you got to understand the context a little bit. Moses just died. Remember Moses, he went, God sent him to Egypt, and he brought the children out of, the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses has died, and Joshua's getting ready to take the leadership role uh, of the children of Israel. And not only, remember Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, but then they wandered in the wilderness. Joshua is getting ready to cross the Jordan, and he's going to go into the promised land, into Canaan land, and they're going to begin to fight, and to conquer, and to take the land that God had promised them. And here at the beginning of the leadership of Joshua, God says to Joshua, verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the the left. Now notice this phrase. That thou mayest prosper, that thou mayest prosper, that thou mayest be successful, whithersoever thou goest. Look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, notice this, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. 
Only time the word success is used in the King James Bible. And see, people say, you know, we, we like to get up and say, but God, you know, we, we preach against the prosperity preaching of today, and we should preach against the prosperity preaching of today. And we preach against the health and wealth, name it and claim it, God's going to make you rich, and you're never going to have any troubles, and we should preach against that. But you you got to understand that God wants to make you prosper. God wants you to succeed. God gave Joshua a task. And if you don't, if you read the passage of Joshua, he keeps telling Joshua, be strong and of good courage. He says, be courageous. He said, don't be afraid. And you got to ask yourself this question. Why did God keep telling Joshua, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, be courageous, be courageous, be strong. Why do you keep telling that? i got to believe he kept telling that because Joshua was afraid. <laughs> and Joshua was scared. Joshua just took on the leadership position of millions of people. And he's been given the task to go into the land and take over. And look, just as much as Joshua was scared of what God had given him to do, sometimes you and I get afraid of what God has given us to do. But wouldn't you love to have the confidence that God says, Hey, the task I've given for you to do, I'm going to make sure you succeed in it. I'm going to make sure you prosper in it. I'm going to make sure whithersoever thou goest, you will prosper. Now that's a great blessing. That's a great promise. That's what we want. We want God to prosper us, to help us, to be with us, to help us succeed. Not that we won't go through trials. Not that we won't go through struggles. Joshua had to go through battles. But he knew that God was with him. Now here's the catch though. Now keep your finger in Joshua 1. Because we're going to be flipping back and forth a little bit. Keep your finger in Joshua 1. Go back to Psalm 1. Go back to Psalm 1. God says, I want to prosper you. God says, I want to make you succeed. God says, I want to make sure that whatever you do, it's going to work out in your best interest. Not the promise. Now here's the question though. But how do we get the promise? What do we have to do in order for God to be able to prosper us? Are you, there? Are you back in Psalm 1? Look at verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sinners in the seat of scornful. Now notice verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is a reference to the word of God. He says his delight is in the word of God. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Now notice this. And in his law, his word, does he meditate. Make note of that word, meditate. Day and night. The word meditate means to think deeply about. It means to remember. It means to have on your mind. And God says, hey, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So you say, well, well, God wants to prosper you. And God wants to help you succeed. And God wants to bless you. But what do I got to do to get that blessing? He says, meditate upon my word. He said, delight on my law. Now, keep your finger there in Psalms. Go back to Joshua. Notice, notice the cons- consistency of the Word of God. you got to understand, the book of Joshua and the book of Psalms were written hundreds of years apart by two different men. But they tell us the same principle. Why? Because they're written by God. Amen. And in Joshua chapter 1, if you look at verse number 7, notice what he says. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now notice verse 8. Does it sound like Psalm 1? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Notice this. Day and night. 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written there. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Go with me to 1 Timothy in the New Testament. 1 Timothy chapter number 4. If you get to the New Testament, you find all those T-books, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second uh, Timothy and Titus. They're all, uh, you know, uh, put together there. So you find a T-book and you'll be close to 1 Timothy. Go to 1 Timothy chapter number 4. I'd like to show you this principle that's found throughout Scripture. Throughout the Bible, God says, if you delight in my law, if you meditate upon my word, He said, I'll prosper you, I'll make you successful, I'll make sure that things work out for you, I'll make sure that whatever you do, it'll turn out the way that you, God wants it to turn out. Are you there in 1 Timothy chapter 4? Here, the Apostle Paul, talking to the young man Timothy, notice what he says, 1 Timothy chapter 4, I want you to see it, so I'll give you a second to get there. 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 15, 1 Timothy 4, 15 says, meditate, you see that word? meditate upon these things. Now if you look at the context, and I don't have time to go through it, you'll realize that he's talking about the things that I just told you, the, the Word of God that I just explained to you. He says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, don't miss this, that thy profiting may appear to all. Do you see that? The word profiting means to obtain an advantage or a benefit. See, throughout the Bible, God says, He says, Joshua, if this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, He said, if you meditate upon it day and night, He said, then shalt thou make thy way prosperous. He says, then thou shalt have good success. He told the psalmist, He said, look, I'll make you like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaves shall not wither. He will produce. He said, I will preserve it. You say, how do I do it? If your delight is in the law of the Lord and you meditate upon it day and night. Paul told Timothy, meditate upon They will see you succeed if you meditate upon God's word. See, God gives us an if you do this, then I will do this promise. God says, if you meditate, if you think about, if you delight in my word, and do not allow it to depart from your mouth, He said, then I will prosper you. See, you, you got to understand, you said, what, what is, what, 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 how do we get God's blessing? And the pastor, what is that first key? What are you trying to teach us to, to get God's blessing? Here's what you got to understand. Jesus, later on, and we'll look at it later in the, in, in the sermon, towards the end of the sermon, we'll go to the book of John. So you know, when we get to John, we're almost done, right? But Jesus, in the book of John, says, if my words abide in you. And you got to understand, if God's word is abiding in you, then God's blessings will abound in you. If God's word is abiding inside of you, God says, I will bless you, I will prosper you, I will make you succeed. He said, if my words abide in you, He said, my blessings will abound in you. And see, God, and if you don't like this, I apologize. I just can't think of a better way to do this. God is, you know, what God is basically doing here is God is basically bribing you. God is saying, read my word. Meditate upon it. Think about it. Memorize it. Hide it in your heart. He says, if you do that, then I'll bless you. I'll prosper you. It's like some of you parents. You know, my parents never did this when I was growing up, but I've heard of parents doing this. It's like, you know, maybe you, maybe you were a parent that did this, or maybe, uh, you know, your parents did this for you. But I've heard of children, you know, like they'll get, they'll get money for like every A they get. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Who got paid for every A they got in school? You know, like your parents said, if you get an A, I'll give you $10. 
So you get, you know, two A's, you get $20. You get three A's, some of you went through school broke. You know, <laughs> But, you know, what was the point of your parents paying you for a grade? Was it because they just really wanted you to get an A? No, it was because they, they, they figured if you put in the work to get the money, hopefully, as you're trying to get the money, something that you're reading or learning will sink in. I've heard of parents, and this is probably less common, but I've heard of parents paying their children to read books. They'll say, hey, you know, I'll give you $20 if you read this book. And it'll be some book. And, and, you, and, and the coaches, the kids are like, yeah, I'll read it. You know, for 20 bucks, I'll read it. But what is the parent hoping? That when they read that book, they'll learn something. They'll grasp something. And God says here, He says, hey, if you meditate on my word, hey, if you read my word, hey, if you delight on my word, hey, if you think about it, if you talk about it, if you keep it in your heart, He said, I'll prosper you. He said, I'll give you, an, I'll give you $10 for every day you get. He said, I'll, I'll bless you. He said, well, why, why are you doing that, God? Because see, God understands what His Bible and what His Word can do in your life. He says, I know what it will do in you. I know what it will produce in you. I know what it will accomplish inside of your heart. He says, I just got to get it in there. And He says, I'll pay you for that aid. He said, I'll pay you to read that book. He said, uh, uh, if you meditate upon it, if you, if you think about it, if you talk about it, if you hide it in your heart, if you, if you memorize it, he said, I'll prosper you, I'll make you successful. Don't you want that, Joshua? Don't you want that, David? Don't you want that, Timothy? You're starting a new church. You're starting a new ministry. You're going and doing something new. You're starting. Don't you want that blessing? You say, yeah, I want that blessing. He says, read this book. I'll pay you for it. Say, God, are you bribing me? He says, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm bribing you. <laughs> because I know what you can get from God's Word. Can you get back to Psalm 1? Let me just show you a couple things. Psalm 1. See, God knows what His Word will accomplish in your life. God knows what His Word can do for you. You may not realize it. You may not understand it. But God knows it. Notice what... Let me just show you three things that God's Word can do for you out of Psalm 1 there. Psalm 1, if you look at verse 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the man... That, number one, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Say, why does this individual not walk in the counsel of the ungodly? Because his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. See, God knows this. If I can just get my word in your heart, that will keep you from bad counsel. You see how he says, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly? The word counsel means to give advice. To to give, you know, uh, advice to an individual. And God says, if your your delight is in the law of the Lord, He said, if I can get my word in your heart, if I can get you to read my word, if I can get you to think about my word, if I can get you to meditate upon my word, if I can get you to to, to, to have it on your lips and on your mind, and to have it with you everywhere you go, at night and in the day and, and as you go about, He says, I know that if I can just get my word inside of you, then you will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You will not get good advice. Now, you're there in Psalm 1, right? Go with me to Psalm 119. Just keep your finger there in Psalm 1. Go to Psalm 119, book of Psalms. Psalm 119 is a big chapter. I think it's the largest chapter in the entire Bible, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken. Psalm 119, look at verse number 105. Psalm 119, 105. You say, why does God want me to get in the book so much? Why does He want me to learn the Bible and understand the Bible? Because you got to understand this. There are people in your life, there are good people in your life, that love you, and care about you, and, and are your friends, and they are giving you bad advice. I didn't say they're bad people. I just said they don't know what they're doing. I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to 
discourage you, and I'm not trying to, to, to upset you, and I'm not trying to offend you, but listen to me. When you're having marriage problems, and you go ask your friends for advice that all have been divorced a couple times, that's not the right person to ask for marriage advice. I'm sorry. When, 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 when you know, the neighbor whose kids are, you know, in prison and running in gangs and on drugs, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mocking them, I'm not saying anything bad, but I'm just saying, that's not the guy I'm going to ask for advice on how to raise my kids. One of the reasons that God, and I'm not trying to offend you, I'm just telling you, today we want to get our advice and our counsel from Dr. Phil, from Oprah Winfrey, she's still on, on TV, from, you know, whoever you watch, whoever you listen to. Well, you, I read this book. Yeah, but the problem is you didn't read this book. Well, I, I read this blog, but you should have read this one. Because, see, God says, my word. Are you there in Psalm 119? Look at 105. Psalm 119, 105. The Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. You say, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm on this new journey. I'm in this new uh, relationship. I've got these new children. I've got this new job. I've got this new career. I just got saved. i got a new life. And I'm walking. And I don't know what to do. God says, hey, my word will guide you. My word will be a lamp. It'll be a light. It'll show you how to have a right marriage. It'll show you how to rear your children. It'll show you how to get right with God. It'll show you how to get off drugs. It'll show you how to be productive. But we're getting counsel from the ungodly. And we want to get the advice from everybody. And everyone say, ah, girlfriend, you're too good for him. You don't need that guy. You don't need this. You don't need that. You need to get in God's book. And God says, hey, I'll pay you to read it. God says, I'll give you $10 for every A you get. So I'll pay you to read that book. He said, I'll make you successful. I'll make you prosperous. Because I know this, that my word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. God says, I want your life to be guided by my word. And when your delight is in the law of the Lord, you will not take. You will not be. Notice, notice what someone said. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know what else God knows that his word will do for you? Not only does he know, if you'd like to get back to Psalm 1, not only does he know that you will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, but if you look at the second part of the verse there, he says, nor standeth in the way of sinners. God knows that his word will not only give you the right counsel, but it will also keep you from sin. Can you get back to Psalm 119? I'm sorry, I should have told you. We're going to go back and forth from Psalm 1 to Psalm 119. So if you get back to Psalm 119, look at verse 11 just real quickly. This is a very famous quote. And sometimes it may be overused, but it is the truth. This book will keep you from sin. Or sin will keep you from this book. And God says, if I can put my Bible in you, if I can get my words in your heart, if I can get you to think about it, if I can get you to read it, if I can get you to meditate on it, He said it will counsel you. It will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. But He says also this. Are you there in Psalm 119? Look at verse number 11. Psalm 119.11. He says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Notice this. That I might not sin against thee. See, God says, God says I know, I know what will happen. He says, I know what will happen if I can get my word in your heart. He said, not only will it give you the right counsel, not only will it lead you down the right path, but it will keep you from sin. He said, my word, he said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against. Remember Jesus when he was tempted by the devil? Remember when he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and Satan came and tempted him? And every time, he gave him three temptations. And every time, how did Jesus Christ respond? He said, it is written. 
And he would quote God's word. Why? Because thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. See, God knows, if I get my word in your heart, He said, not only will it guide you, not only will it give you the right path, He said, it'll keep you from sin. Let me give you one more thing. Get back to Psalm 1, uh, 1, 1. Psalm 1, 1. He said, blessed is the man that walketh down the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor, notice this, sitteth in the seat of the scornful. The word scorn means to mock, to laugh at. And God says, if I can get my word in your heart, He said, you won't sit in the seat of the scornful. Because you know, today there are many people that scorn at this book. They scorn at churches like this. They'll mock at this type of preaching. People will listen to this type of preaching. They'll say, that guy's crazy. He's a, he's, he's a zealot. He's in a cult. He's, I mean, he's just a little, you know, he needs to take a pill. They'll, and they'll say, you know, they'll mock at this. Yeah, God says, but you got to understand this, and I'm here to say, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to tell you, I'm just trying to say this, if you follow God's word, you'll be happy in your marriage, you'll be happy with your children, you'll be happy in your life, you'll learn contentment, you'll go through trials, you'll have a peace that passes no understanding, you'll be like, jo- like jo- uh, Joseph in prison, and yet loving God. And then the people that they're like, oh, I need these pills to get through the day, and my kids are doing this, and my wife did that, and my and their lives are all up. They're, they're going to mock at us and say, oh, you're one of those Bible numbers? Yeah, I got paid to read that book. And I'm prospering. And I'm succeeding. And God is blessing me. I didn't say I'm a millionaire. I didn't say I don't go through tough times. But I, did, I do know this. God is with me. He says, I'll keep you from those that scorn. I'll keep you from those that laugh. See, some of you started coming to church. And see, your, your family, they loved you when you were, you know, homeless, when you were drunk, when you had nothing going for you. Now you've got a job. Now you're living right. Now you're doing right. Now you're sober. And they're like, you're weird. <laughs> you're going to church again? You see, you understand. That's what the world does. They laugh. They scorn at righteousness. They scorn at godliness. They mock Jesus Christ. You say, well, I don't know if I want that. Well, then you've got to make a decision. Do you want to live by what, how God wants you to live and prosper how God wants you to prosper? Or do you want to just fail like the rest of the world? You say, well, the world, you know, they got money and they got riches and they got this. Yeah, but what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Look, I don't care how prosperous your life is on earth and how much money you got in your 401k and how nice a vehicle is you drive. If you're not walking with God, your life is vain. It's empty. It's pathetic. And by the way, that's why all these Hollywood stars and all these rock stars and all these people with more money more money than they could spend their entire life, they're getting on drugs, they're committing suicide, they're not happy. Why? Because that stuff doesn't bring joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that comes through the Word of God. And that comes through abiding in Christ. He said, I'll keep you from the scornful. He that sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be, that's a promise, like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Don't you want that? Don't you want that promise? Now God says, if, if, God says, if, if, if you read this book, He said, I'll pay you for it. I'll prosper you. I'll make you succeed. 
I hope you get there. See, you got to understand this. Go, go with me to the book of Isaiah. We're, we're almost done. Isaiah. Isaiah is the first of the major prophets. You're there in Psalm. Just go a few pages over in the right in your Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 55, the first of the major prophets. You got those big books of the Bible. Isaiah, Jeremiah. You got a small book, Lamentations, and Ezekiel. Isaiah 55. See, God knows something we don't know. Actually, God knows a lot of things we don't know. <laughs> but God knows if we can get His Word in your heart, His Word will take care of the rest. He just has to get it there. Are you there in Isaiah 55? Look at verse 11. Notice what God says about His Word. Isaiah 55, look at verse 11. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall... Don't miss this. My Word... Be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Now notice this. This is what God says about His Word. He says, It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall, here's our word, prosper. And the thing, where do I send it? See, here's what God knows about His Word. He says, it will do what I ask it to do. It will bring pleasure to me. It will prosper in your heart. He said, it won't return unto me void. He says, my Word will do what I need it to do in your heart. He says, I just need to find a way to get it there. And He says, okay, well, how about this? If you get an A, son, I'll give you $10. Well, what do I got to do? I got to read this book. Okay. And He hopes that the motivation of that blessing will cause you to read it, and meditate upon it, and delight in it, and learn it, and memorize it, and have it on your lips. And he says, if I can just get it in there, I'll take care of the rest. I'll keep you from walking with the counsel of the ungodly. I'll keep you from sin. I'll keep you from the scornful. Say, Pastor Jimenez, what can I do? There's a few things you can do. Number one, if you do not regularly attend a Bible preaching church. Now, when I said that, some of you thought, if you don't regularly attend a church. That's not what I said. I said a Bible preaching church. You said, well, don't all churches preach the Bible? Kind of. <laughs> because there's a lot of churches that you go to, and you're like, whoa. Man, it was 55 minutes, and it was, man, it was, I felt like I was, I felt like I was at a rock concert. I mean, it was great. The lights went dark, everything was just in the spirit. Then the pastor gets up and gives you, you know, 15 minutes, one verse. Yeah, that's not Bible preaching. I'm sorry. You say, well, I like, I like the music. Look, you can go to a rock concert anywhere. You know, and, and we're supposed to be impressed. We're like, well, all these big churches, they got thousands of people coming to them. And look, the world puts on concerts every week and has thousands of people come to them, and it's nowhere near God. So I'm not impressed that a rock concert brings in people. Because what, what should impress us is this, that people show up to hear the Bible. The fact that today in, in, in America, when divorce is at the rate it is, when abortions are at the rate there are, when, when sodomy is just out, you know, and about and proud, when sin just prevails, when drugs prevail, the fact that anybody shows up to hear God's word, I'm not impressed that people show up for a rock concert. People show up for rock concerts every week. Country, rap, hip hop, there's thousands of people there. Doesn't mean God's there. You need to go to a church that preaches the Bible, that gives you His Word, that, that is instant, in season, out of season, whether it's popular, whether it's not popular, whether you like it or not. The fact that you come to a church like Verity Baptist Church, you say, well, He says things that I don't like, that ought to prove to you that you're in the right church. Because you know what? We're not bought here. Amen. There's no amount of money you can 
put in the offering plate that will get us to change what we preach and we believe. Because we believe that God's prosperity comes through His Word, not you. So do you want your church to grow? Of course we want the church to grow, but not at the expense of God's Word. Not at the expense of Bible preaching. You say, I, I, I'm, I don't regularly attend a Bible preaching church, a church where I really get to learn the Bible. Then you need to start. Because let me just explain something to you. You are never going to read the Bible every day, cover to cover, and you are never going to memorize God's Word if you're not going to a church that's preaching the Bible to you. So step one, you've got to find a Bible-believing church, Bible-preaching church. Maybe you don't regularly attend one. You say, well, I'm looking for one. I, I may have one I can recommend. Talk to me after the service. <laughs> Maybe you'll regularly attend a church that preaches the Bible. Amen. What do I do? Then you ought to commit to develop a habit of daily Bible reading. So you got to understand this. We preach the Bible in heavy doses at Verity Baptist Church, but we only meet three times a week. We only preach for an hour at the most. If you come to all the church services, which not everybody does, and you listen to every sermon, we're still only giving you three hours of Bible every week. You need to develop a system of you on your own getting up and reading the Bible every day. The Bible says of the Bereans, they search the scriptures daily whether those things are so. You say, Pastor Jimenez, I am attending a Bible preaching church, and I am Actively reading the Bible. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then you got to take it a step further. You should start actively memorizing Scripture. He says meditate upon it day and night. Look, there's only one way you can meditate upon God's Word day and night. And that's if it's in your heart. If you've got it committed to memory. I'm not saying you got to memorize the book of Revelation. Although that'd be great. <laughs> but you got to start memorizing Scripture. Look, you're struggling with a sin. Find a verse that deals with that sin and memorize it. You, you soul winners, some of you need to just, you know, memorize the Romans road and the verses that we use all soul winning. That'd be good. That'd be a good start. Start memorizing the Bible. He says, he says, his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night. He thinks about it day and night. He said, he, he said, he told Joshua, he said, the word, he said, my law shall not depart out of thy mouth. The only way you can have God's word in your mouth, in your mind, in your heart, day and night. In other passages, tell us, while you're sleeping, it'll be in your heart. The only way you can do that is if you're memorizing. You gotta memorize. You gotta have it in your heart. You say, why would I do that? Because God says you'll prosper you. God says you'll make you successful. Because God knows if I can get my word in your heart, it'll do what I need it to do. Could you go to John chapter 15? We're, the, we're done. Remember I said John 15? John 15. Look at verse 5. Well, I mean, we're not done. We're, we're going to look at John 15 and then we'll be done. John 15 in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John 15. John 15. I'd like you to see this passage. John 15, Jesus Christ said this. He said, I am the vine. There are seven statements in the book of John where Jesus says, I am. And here's one of them. He says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. If you think of the vine, it's like the, you know, think of like, if you think of a tree, it'd be like the trunk. Okay? And the branches come off of there. He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Now notice what Jesus says. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Does that sound familiar? Remember we saw in, in, in Psalm 1? You don't have to go back there, I'll just read it for you. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. 
Now notice, in Psalm 1 he said, I'm going to make you like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, and it's going to bring his fruit in season. So here's what he said, I'm going to connect you to a source of nourishment. I'm going to connect you to the water. So, so if it's hot outside, you've got enough water. And if it's cold outside, you've got enough water. And no matter, you got to understand the concept that he's saying. He said, if you are a tree that's planted by a river of water, he said, it doesn't matter what the weather looks like on the outside. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are like on the outside. It doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. Because I am nourishing you from within. Do you understand that? See, that's what we need in our lives. Because so many of us, we talked about it like Joseph, so many of us, we're like, it's serving Jesus is great. Serving Jesus is great. Serving Jesus is great. Until I got sick. Or until I lost my job. Or until I lost my house. Or until I lost a child. Or until I lost a marriage. I'm not minimizing any of that. I'm just saying this. A tree that's planted by the rivers of water does not wither away on the circumstances around it because it is connected to a source. Mm-hmm. And God says, that's what I'll do for you if you get your word and my word in your heart. Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He said, he, he said uh, uh, John 5, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now notice what he says, for without me you can do nothing. You can understand this, without Christ you can do nothing. You cannot do what God has called you to do. You cannot accomplish what God wants you to accomplish without Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul said this, he said, he said, I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me. But Jesus said this, without me you can do nothing. So it's not half and half, it's not I'm kind of, you know, lukewarm. He says either you can do everything with me, or you can do nothing without me. But he says if, if you get connected to me, he said it's like a branch that's connected to the vine. And it gets the nourishment it needs, and it produces its fruit. Now look at verse 6. If a man abide not in me... He is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Why? Because they were not connected to the source. And men gather them up, gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7. If ye abide in me. See, that's the that's the goal. Remember we talked about last week. God's blessings cannot be measured by our pleasure. God's blessings are measured by his presence. Is God with me? And if God is with you, whether I'm in the pit, like Joseph, or in the prison, like Joseph, whether I've been lied about, whether I've been falsely accused, no matter what happens, if I'm connected to the source, he said, I'm not going to wither away. He said, I'm, I'm doing okay. How you doing, Joseph? I'm okay. Well, we, we, but, but the circumstance, it's hot outside, and anybody else would wither away. Yeah, but I'm connected to the source. The Word of God. See, God's blessings cannot be measured by our pleasure, but by His presence. That's what we talked about last week. And His presence, now notice, now you understand this. When you're saved, we know that God's with you, the Holy Spirit's with you, He sealed you. I get, I, we understand that. But when we're talking about God's presence, we're talking about, are you walking with God? Are you walking with Him every day? Are you abiding with Him? Is He abiding with you? Now, how do you do that? John fifteen seven. He says, if ye abide in me. Now, notice, in verse 5, He said, He that abides in me, and I in Him. In verse 7, He says, if ye abide in me. You say, well, how do I have you abide with me, God? Notice what He says. He says, and my words abide in you. You see how the Bible is just consistent? Here's what God is saying. If I can get my word in your heart, He said, I can cause you to produce. He said, you can do anything you want to do if I'm with you. But he said, without me, you can do nothing. Now notice verse 7. If ye abide in me, 
and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. That is prospering. That is success. To know that I walk with God in a way that every prayer that I have, He will answer. Not because I've got some sort of a magic formula, but because when I'm walking with God, when I'm abiding with God, when I'm meditating upon God's Word, when I'm delighting in His Word, when I have it on my mind, when I have it on my mouth, when I have it in my heart, when I have it inside of me, I'm not going to ask God for something that's not according to His will. I'm going to ask God for those things that I need and I will pray according to His will and He wants to prosper me and He wants me to succeed and He said, whatsoever ye ask. He said, believing in another passage. He says, it will be done unto you. That's success. What's key number one to unleashing, unlocking God's blessing on your life? If God's Word is abiding in you, then God's blessings will abound in you. Here's the question. Is God's Word abiding in you? You say, no, it's not, Pastor. Well, maybe you need to get in a church that's going to preach it into your heart. And maybe you need to start developing a Bible reading. And maybe you need to just take the step and say, I'm going to memorize, and for some of you, it'll be the first time you ever do it. Say, I'm going to memorize a verse of the Bible. I want to help you out this morning. We're going to pray in a couple moments, and we're going to sing a song at the end. And while we're singing the song, I'm going to have the ushers, if they would help me out, they're going to pass out a little card. We want to give this to everybody in church this morning, for sure, at least the adults. And what it is, is just a memory verse. You, maybe, you say, maybe you've never memorized a verse in your life. I want to give you a little 3x5 card. You can put it in your pocket. You can take it around this week and just have it with you when you're at the post office, when you're at the grocery store, when you're waiting, you know, and you're not doing anything, you can stick that out, and maybe you can start memorizing God's Word. And I think if you've never memorized the verse, I think this will be the perfect verse for you to memorize. Because it will encourage you to continue to memorize this word. It says this, Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt have good success. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. We want to just give this to you. It's just a 3 by 5 card. If you don't want it, you can put it in the trash. That's fine. But for some of you, I promise you, God will prosper you if you begin to hide His Word in your heart. And that's what we all need. We need God's Word. So it'll guide us, so it'll help us, so it'll keep us from sin, so it'll keep us from those that will scorn. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church. And Lord, I don't know what everybody here needs. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they came to church for, but I do know this. Every one of us needs your Word in our heart. And Father, I pray you'd help us. Lord, if, if, if these dear people, if this is not the church for them, that's fine. I pray you'd help them to find a church that will help them get your word in his heart. If this is their church, I pray, I pray you'd help them to commit to it. I pray you'd help them to be faithful to it. I pray you'd help them to learn from it. I pray you'd help them to read, get in your word, read their Bibles, pray. I pray you'd help them to memorize scripture. Father, I pray you'd help us to just sink your word so deeply in our hearts that when we are going through struggles and we are going through trials and we are going through tough times, we can go through it because we are connected to the source. Jesus Christ, the word of God. Father, we love you. Thank you for our church. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen.